Hey, what's up? This is Ayodele from Ayodele Speaks. Um, this is our next episode. I don't really know the title of it just yet. Um, but a uh, husband, father of two, 20-year educator. Um, I'm senior partner of Education with Community Bill Ventures. And so I, I, I'll start off with this. Like, we, we know that I, I just want to share some things that have been on my, or some, one thing that's been on my mind, and it's, this idea of we know schools are getting ready to open again or this um, fall or late August, early August for, for those who are in the south. Specifically, I'm based here in Atlanta. And so schools are slated to start late July through the first part of August. They're, they're starting. And but we know that like universities and what's caught my attention is just how um, sports. Right. Um, and uh, athletes are returning to college campuses based upon certain um, guidelines and things like that. But like this, the summer season, it's really like the preseason for college athletes. And so for those of you who don't know, so I was um, a, uh, a star athlete in high school. Um, won two state championships in two state champions in championships in football, um, undefeated two years in a row. Went on to uh, college, was offered a few scholarships, did not accept it. But um, I went to Howard for undergrad. When I got there, I walked on in the spring of my um, freshman year and earned a scholarship for the following year. So I'm a walk-on and D1 AA athlete. Sometimes I like to cut off the AA and just put D1 athlete because it was D1 at the time. I think they're reclassified as something else these days so I have been a student athlete since sixth grade or younger all the way through college and so you know I've been a part of a team you know and I've been on winning teams I've been on losing teams you know but I've been on a team and played for many years and you know it just had me thinking what what came to mind was when you know, I was listening to a analyst on, on ESPN say, an African-American gentleman say, you know, but what happens when the first kid dies or if the first kid dies due to complications from COVID? And knowing the fact that they did not have COVID prior to walking on campus to knowing that by walking on campus and engaging in, you know, athletic activities, they've now contracted the virus and and died. And this question comes up because, you know, a number of universities throughout the South here and around the country, I believe, have opened their doors. I'm specifically speaking to a reference to Clemson University um, in South Carolina and how they tested students. I think it was like 161 athletes, not just football players, but other athletes on the way coming in. They didn't have it and then within a few days, I believe they tested them again, and, and I need to, to confirm that, but I believe they tested them again and found out that 26, I think, of the 160 that they tested had contracted COVID-19, and 22 of those were football players. And I would probably say, uh, if I go with the percentages, a large percentage of those football players are African-American men. And so when he asked this question, it was like, what, what will happen? Like, people are going to shit bricks. You know, like, death due to duties or responsibilities of attending a college are taken very serious. And so, 
it just got me thinking about this, right? And part of my thinking was about how could they do that, you know, to these young men and women who who really have this great passion and this desire. It's just a money grab. It's just a power grab. You know, some people have said they want sports in the U.S. to continue because it will help to take minds away from the uprising that's happening in cities. All these other things where it's like the athlete is the pawn, right? The athlete is a pawn. And, you know, it is, um, you know, William Rowan in his book, $40 million slave talks about the athlete being on the conveyor belt, right? Like it's this beltway and being used, um, on this conveyor system and not in control, right? Is being directed and given and sold a hope. And so I was thinking that, and then I just paused and thought, but what athlete would sign up why would an athlete sign up and return to campus knowing that they're going to increase their exposure to COVID and that could potentially end their entire college career, it could potentially end their life. Why would they do that, right? And I just, I started to reflect on, on my own experience as an athlete. And there's a number of reasons why I think if I was in that position, being 20, 21, 19, whatever, and wanting to return, there's a few things that came to mind that would say, I would argue to return as an athlete. I would argue to return to the team. Because one, man, that's my family. You know, for some athletes, that is their entire family network that is their for for men their brotherhood for women their sisterhood camaraderie even brother and sisterhood between athletes between sports so you have you know college football players who are friends with softball players and basketball players because they're all athletes working out in the same place so there's this level of community and camaraderie and family that's there that when you're not there you miss right because you spend so god dog amount of hours there, training, going to study hall, eating together, sleeping together, hanging out together, working out together, rehabbing together, all those things that becomes your family, your social network. So I can see that being one reasons why an athlete would raise their hand or willingly get on the bus or plane or, you know, be dropped off back at school amidst this pandemic and want to start playing again. I can't fault them for that. That's, that's what they've known for a while, right? The, the second thing that I was thinking about was how, how much because playing a sport, especially at a high level, like a D1 athlete, it, it, you know, it consumes your entire life, right? And if, if you're not playing, fo- if I wasn't playing football, I was eating and resting from football or in meetings, thinking about football, writing about football, all these other types of things. It becomes a peak because I've done it for so long it became a piece of my personality, right? It's how I identify. I identify as an able-bodied athlete that is a football athlete. And so when football is not there, there, there can be a feeling that my, a piece of my identity, who I am, is gone, is missing. And that can cause a lot of different emotional and psychological challenges that come up as a result. And so that's another reason why I'd raise my hand because it's how I identify, it's me. You know, there are some athletes that in D1 that would not be in college 
if it wasn't for the sport, you know? And so the other thing is thinking about because it becomes your family, right? The other aspect of that is you are responsible for to a greater group of people. You are responsible. So much of sports training is about, especially team sports, is about you being responsible, doing your job, and the man next to you, or woman, or boy, or girl, next to you doing their job. And we do it collectively with the hope that the greater good, the greater team, will prevail at the end for whatever the objective is. And so, if I'm not there, I'm letting my team down from whatever that might be, whether I am second string player, first string player, quarterback, whatever that might be, I'm letting my team down because I've been conditioned to believe and I believe that I have a role to play and my role is critical. That's what I, mean. I, I coach for, 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 for at least five to six years. It's, it's part of the coaching is, 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 is teaching young people that they're it's critical that everybody show up and push because you're only as good you know there's a saying you're only as good as the weakest link right and i like to say like your starters your first string people are only as good as the second string is going to be able to push them so they got to be good too so second string people got to show up every day and do their work right and work out and do everything so they can be the best second string to push the first string right and so it's this 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 team like it's this responsibility this duty to my team to be there so that's another reason why I would raise my hand to do that, right? Others might think, another reason why I might raise my hand to come back is I might think my scholarship is in jeopardy. Again, this goes back to the scholarship is the only way that I can pay for college. It's the only way I'm even in college. So if I say I don't wanna go back, if I say I don't wanna go back, what, what will happen to my scholarship? And with young people, they won't even ask that question to the people around them or to their coach. They won't ask that. They'll just think that and then make their decision, but you'll never know that's their decision because they're, they're, they're hesitant to share what, what they really believe because it might go against, you know, they might feel like they might lose their scholarship. And instead of asking and getting some clarification, they just make a decision, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll go back. You know, I'll return to campus, right? Another reason that I might raise my hand is my responsibility, my duty to my coach, right? As a D1 athlete, scholarship athlete, uh, your coach or set of coaches have come to believe in you. Some of them might have come to their house and sat down on their couch and done other things like that. Hey, how you doing? Um, some might have come to the couch, sat up, so they feel like there is this, they, they owe their coaches something right some of them view their coaches as parent figures and so if they don't return to campus or to the team then they'll be letting the coach down and that coach came to my house met my mom my mom loved him my uncle loved him my dad loved him everybody loved him and they're just excited and the city is ready to go for me so why would i not return and then lastly it's this idea that so many people athletes feel like they owe it to their community to be there to perform that pressure right i'm the only one might have gone to college or i'm the only one that go to college on a scholarship on a scholarship or i was the best in my city right or region or state at my particular position and i owe it to 
my city, my region, my family, my community to go and be there and play? What would they think of me? There's a lot of social pressure. What would they think of me if I choose not to go? They might call me all the, if I'm a male, it's some toxic, toxic masculinity terms, right? You're a punk, you're a wimp, you're a pussy, you know, all these other types of things. You're a girl, you're a sissy, all these, why, why would you let this, you know, you're not sick, you're a young, uh, viral, you know, virile, uh, young person. Why would you let this? So there's a lot of social pressures too. And so as you begin to think and see potential athletes stand up and say, I'm not going back. Or if you're wondering why some students are going back, there's a lot of intricate nuance to their decision that they might not be able to articulate clearly, openly, or they might not want to articulate. And so we have to give them grace and see them with compassion and know that it is the responsibility of colleges and universities and the adults that are running the system to make sure that they're protecting these young people. Because sometimes, you know, as a parent, we have to make decisions for our kids that are in their best interest, and they might not see that. They might not see that, and so we have to be responsible for making quality and healthy decisions for them. And be patient if they've made a decision that you don't necessarily agree with. You can say your piece, but don't vilify them, because you never know what pressures they might be experiencing or be under as a college athlete. So blame the college, blame the coach. They get, they're the ones who technically get paid, not technically, who get paid. Blame the college, blame the coach, push back at them, don't push back at the athletes. At least those who are amateur athletes, who, who are unpaid, you know? And the same goes for those who, you might be in your house, so you might have a son or a daughter who plays high school sports. Right? They're going to want to get back for almost for the same reasons that I shared that a college athlete would want to get back. And so be patient with them. Take a deep breath. Listen to them. Ask questions. What is your concern? What is your motivation to return? What are you looking forward to? What are you most nervous about? All those questions, it has to be, we have to be in a place where we're curious to learn from our young people how they're feeling. Because many of them are thinking like, hey, this is the only way I'm going to go to college, right? Or I don't want to let my brothers down or my sisters down, you know? Or, you know what, I desire to be the best. And the only way that I can be the best is if I'm out there on the field. You know, F COVID. F that. I'll take the risk if it means the reward is, is me being able to play and show my ability. So, you know, that's all I got for you um, today. This, my phone's about to die pretty soon. But I just wanted to share those thoughts of us being patient and kind and not taking our frustration with COVID and all the other situations that are happening out on young people, um, young athletes who make these decisions to return to universities that might not be serving them as well as they could be, or you don't think they're serving them as well as they could be. Be patient with them and just know that there's a lot more at play. Be curious about the situation, ask more questions and love on them, love on our babies. I call them young men and women, but they're still our babies, right? They're still our young boys and our young girls that are out there that are pushing to be the best that they can. And let's love on them and be patient with them and kind with them. All right. Hey, thank you for taking a moment to listen to Ayodele Speaks. Um, Please hit the like button, the favorite button, the star button. Please share this podcast with friends. It's just, you know, and colleagues, enemies, everybody. Um, It's just me sharing some thoughts about my experience. Um, My experience uh, in education, being a black male educator, being a black male athlete and all those other things. I wish you all the very best. 
Take care. Godspeed.